Good evening, all. How you guys doing? You guys alive? Can you guys smell the food? Mm. Well, to go along with the joke, I got a super long sermon tonight. Super long. I'm going to torture you guys. It's going to be about 15 minutes. How about that? <laughs> Jesus saves. If you haven't done that, do it. Be done. Let's go home. No, just kidding. Huh? Time to eat. All right. Okay, will you guys pray for me real quick? Then I'll pray for you, and then we'll, we'll get started. Father God, we do thank you for tonight. We thank you for the worship. We just thank you for the meditations that you've uh, given these guys, Lord God. We just, we just love you, Jesus. And I pray that you speak to me tonight. I just pray somebody gets a nugget from the message, God. So we just thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, do you guys like those meditations? Those are awesome, aren't they? You know, Martin did his last week for the first time. You know, and it wasn't long ago, David did his for the first time. You know, it's, it's a way of introducing people into public speaking, too, if you haven't done that. So... Um, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about uh, 2 Timothy. Um, Pass it on is the name of the title. What's up, Robbie? <laughs> Pass it on. Okay, this is, uh, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy back as around 66, 67 AD. This is one of his last letters that he wrote. Uh, he was basically passing it on to Timothy. And he leaves him instruction as well as encouragement. Um, he was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And at that time, Ephesus was crazy. It was just, it's one of those port cities where they had all kinds of false teachings and all this stuff. So Paul's reminding Timothy, uh, we'll go through some of this stuff, to stay true to what the word says. Don't be fooled by false teachings. You ever notice when you get away from your Christian group and you hang out with non-Christian people, how you slowly migrate that way? Even when you know better, when you know better, you slowly become them the longer you hang with them. And I'm not saying it's not bad to hang with them at all, but I'm just saying we have to stand on the truth all the time. It's easy to get distracted, and it's easy to slip back into the old self. So Paul's reminding Timothy one last time, kind of like famous last words. You know, people always huddle around the person that's dying and they want to hear the last encouragement from that person. So Paul's basically telling Timothy in this letter, passing it on. So it's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, the header for the uh, chapter is a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy verse 1 says, My dear son, be strong through the grace that God has given you in Christ Jesus. It's God's undeserved favors, grace. Be strong in the grace that was given to you. You know, you were talking about this, David. You know, the word is the truth. And we have to know what we believe. So we need our daily dose. You hear us say it all the time, and there's a reason for it, because we really, really do need to know to stand on the truth all the time. And David, you already mentioned too about just going to church. There's a lot of people across this country that just go to church. They check it off their list. They don't probably know anything in this Bible. They might know a story or two, but you know what? This Bible won't do anything for you if you don't study it because you won't even know what we're talking about. How many times have you gone to a sermon and it's like over your head and you're like, wow, 
I've never heard that story before. I don't even know what he's talking about because you haven't studied it. So you're going to hear us encourage you, and, and Paul is, is telling Timothy to encourage his people in church to read the word, know what you believe, because you're surrounded by false teachers, and they're going to lead you astray. It's a guarantee, and we can see how things are changing in our world today, how they're leading us to believe things that are totally untrue. But we stand on the word of God. It's the only thing we have. Otherwise, we're going to be swept away. Guarantee it. So stand on the grace that was given to you. Verse 2, you've heard me teach things that I have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Make disciples. You go to your friends and say, hey, Guess what I've learned? I, I, this is how I'm changing my life. You guys are wondering why I'm different and how I'm doing it. This is how I'm doing it. I'm learning from other Christians. and I'm learning from the Word of God. I'm learning. And it's not just head knowledge. It changes your heart. Where you're able to share with them. We all have circles that we can influence. Whether it's our family or our work people or even some of the people that we're making relationships with. We all have the influence. God has given us the word. And if you know the word, it's a lot easier to approach people or to say, hey, that's not right. Or if you hear a lot of people misquote the Bible or they say things they think are in the Bible just because it's a common saying. Uh, there was a woman the other day we were at said something. It was like, well, that's a great saying, but that's not in the Bible. That's not in there. Sounded great, and it sounds like it should be, but it's not. And they're like, what? I was like, no, that's just a saying. So it helps to know what's real and what's not real, right? So now teach these people so you could pass it on to others. Okay, and verse, uh, verse 3 says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. A good soldier, right? You know, the soldiers, they train like crazy. You know, Tyler, you were one. You know, as to be a soldier, you have to be sold out to your commander, right? They teach you, you basically give up everything you have in this world to become what they want you to be. And it's, they're training you for war. And I was reading a story today about soldiers, and they were talking about how they train over and over where it becomes second nature. And I had a nephew that was in the Marines, and he was in Afghanistan. He told me how they used to train and train and train, and it was boring sometimes because they're doing the same thing over and over and over. But guess what? When he had to face opposition, training kicked in. He's like, your mind goes blank, and I can't explain it. You've been taught what to do. Go do it. That's the only way they come back alive. Otherwise, if you would take your training half-heartedly, for one, they probably wouldn't put you on the battlefield. But two, if they did, you'd be running reckless. You'd probably be killed in no time. Same thing with the word. We're in a battlefield outside those doors, guys. It's waiting for us as soon as we walk out the door. So we train like a soldier. It says, be a good soldier. Endure the sufferings. So let's go right across to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, 8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. 
There may be a time where we do have to suffer for believing what we believe, but it's our job to speak up. He's given us the word, and the word's telling us, train these people and pass it on. So pass it on. Paul is passing this on to Timothy. So to be a good soldier... Verse 4, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of the civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. You, can't, you probably couldn't be both. You can't worry about what's going on at home or your friends or any of that because you're focused on your training. And your training is very, very important to get a good foundation in your training. Look at verse 5, it says, And the athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Athletes, they have to train and train and train and train. All these pro hockey players and pro baseball players, they've been doing it since they were a kid. That's how they got there. They might have been born with a natural talent, but they had to practice and practice and practice and practice. We've been doing a little bit of golfing too. So if you don't play the game, you can't expect a whole lot. You're not going to do much until you practice. And when you practice, you get a little better. It goes hand in hand. Same thing with the Word of God. When you start to learn the Word of God, recall comes a little easier. You can remember. Sometimes you could probably finish, like when we're reading Scripture, you could finish the Scripture because you've heard it a few times because you've practiced it. You heard it and you obey it. Right? You guys with me? Yeah. Okay. So we got soldiers, we got athletes. Okay, verse 6 says, And the hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the first fruits of their labor. You know, we were talking about yesterday, we were coming back from a job, we were kind of in the lowlands on 94, and uh, we saw a farmer out there, a couple of them actually. They were out plowing the fields and seeding and all that stuff, get, getting ready for the spring rains. And we were talking about, what would it be like in the day of a farmer? Would it be great just to hang out with them one day and find out? We probably couldn't keep up, I don't think, but we were to talking about it. these guys work hard. And I got to tell you, they are some of the most patient people too. Because when you farm, my, my, my grandfather was a farmer too, and I remember when you plant the seed, there's several weeks that go by, nothing happens. You just look at the fields every day waiting for that little sprig to come up. And then you get happy for the harvest, right? But I remember several times he'd be looking out there and he'd, of course, he worried a lot, which was, wasn't good because of the rain. Is it too much rain? Not enough rain? Is there enough sun? You know, I mean, this was his livelihood, so he was focused on what was about to happen. But it's the same way with us. We're sowing the seeds to people, and we're waiting for God to bring it up, right? Don't give up in sowing. Pass it on. Keep going. Someday there will be a harvest. And the word says the harvest is huge and the workers are few. Well, we're the workers, guys. And he's counting on us to be part of it. He's, in he's enlisted us. If you've said yes to Jesus, then you are a soldier, right? Come on, you want to be a tough soldier? You want to be a wimp that sits around and doesn't know anything about anything? Guess what? If you're going to do that, you're not going to get in a game. Now, you might be saved, but you're just kind of a wimpy guy. They might put you, I don't know, I don't know what they would do with you. What do they do with wimpy soldiers, Tyler? <laughs> Kick them out? <laughs> well, we know God doesn't. There you go. Nobody likes doing that. Well, Katrina does, right? 
Okay, verse 7 says, so well, think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand these things. Like I said earlier, how are you going to understand these things if you don't read the Word, if you don't mind just a little bit? Because sometimes these, these scriptures, just a couple, you can go a long time if you start looking them up and start figuring out what, what the context of this is, how this applies to my life. You can go a long way, a long way. Verse 8, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. And this is the good news that I preach. Now check this out. I was doing a little mining, if you will. And uh, a lot of these false teachers, they weren't teaching that. They were teaching it was just a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Okay, you're born again spiritually, that's it. That's a lie. We're going to be resurrected too. Physically too. Spiritually and physically. That's what it says. They were also saying that God might just be divine, but not human. Think about that. Have you ever heard that before? Well, God might have been human, but he's not God. Or Jesus might have been human, but he's not God. You ever heard that? I've heard it. I was like, you might want to do a little research on that. Because he is both. He's fully human and he's fully God. That's what he is. He came in the flesh. He died and he rose again. There's no other human that has risen other than Christ, right? Unless you're on a defibrillator or something. But they bring you back maybe, but to, to come out of the grave three days later, nobody's ever done that except him. And because I, pre- because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. He's chained to a Roman soldier and he's in a prison. All because he's telling people about Jesus. That's it. He didn't even do anything other than preach. He angered everybody because they had their own false gods and he's telling the truth and they thought he was the liar. Kind of funny, isn't it? When you preach the truth, the truth hurts. A lot of times people don't want to know the truth. A lot of people can't handle the truth, right? (laughs) But we speak it anyway, right? I don't want to be bullhorn guy. I don't know if you remember those videos that came out in like the 90s. Bullhorn guy standing on the corner. God, please, repent or burn. True. But that's, that's not, probably would reach a whole lot of people in today's world. And not that we're going to candy coat it either. But we are going to tell you the truth. There is a better way than you've been living. Amen? Amen. So he's chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be changed. They tried to stamp it out back then. Guess what? It's still going. And it's going to be going long after we're gone. That's amazing. It's amazing on its own if you think about it. It's like how hard they tried to stamp all the people out. They crucified some of them. They chopped their heads off. They tried to end it. But it didn't. It just kept going and going. It spread. It just kept, keeps going. Yeah, you're right. It should have been a clue right there. That's right. It's like you cannot stamp the Word of God out. So Paul writes... In verse 10, he says, So I am willing to endure anything that will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those he has chosen. Isn't that awesome? Paul just, he just laid it on the line. Are we willing to lay it on the line? That's the thing. Because there may come a time where we're asked that question. Could you stand up? Could you take a bullet if somebody had a gun to you and said, are you a believer of Jesus Christ? 
I would like to think everybody in this room would say yes. Because we know what's coming, eternity. <laughs> would it be a little suffering for our family? Yes, but guess what? We're home, like you said, we're home. Finally, we're home. I was talking to a guy today, and that's exactly what we were talking about. He's like, I can't wait to get home. I just can't wait to get home. It's just like, it's coming. Just be ready when he comes, because he's going to come like a thief in the night. So be ready. Amen? Verse 11, Paul writes, he says, This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. We don't want that, right? But here's, here's what's awesome. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. You know, even when our own endurance runs out, and we do get tired, but we still run in the race, right? Instead of running, we might slow down to a walk, but we're still walking. Amen? If you sit down for a break, make it a short one. Get back on the path. Get going again. Whatever it takes. Whatever you might hear a, a, a sermon or you hear a podcast or something like that, don't tune God out because God's speaking to you all the time. Now, sometimes you might be busy in your world and you may not hear that little voice, but he's always with us. His word said he's never going to forsake us. He's always with us. Even in times where we feel so lonely, like I'm in a room full of people and I feel lonely. How's that possible? But I have God, Jesus, with me. Amen? So even in those dark, dark times, you have a friend. He's right with you. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Now, I don't know if he's talking about it could be all words or it could be spiritual stuff that people argue about. Have you ever met a super spiritual guy? He just shows up out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's got to tell you his whole pedigree. And you, yeah, you didn't even say hi to the guy. He's just, hey man, he just lays it out for like 15 minutes and you're like, oh, help me, Jesus. We're supposed to be humble, first of all, right? <laughs> it's like, what, what's this guy doing? He, yeah, nothing, he doesn't have to prove anything to me, guy. Check out this second part here, an approved worker. Work hard so you can pre present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker. One who does not, does not need to be ashamed and who can correctly explain, explains the word of, of the truth. Correctly, right? Not hearsay. Not, not some kind of cosmic milkshake. You know, there's a lot of people out there that believe in cosmic Jesus. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, but it's true. I've met a lot of them. They got about half truth of about Buddhists. They got a half truth of Jesus. They got a half truth about this guy and this guy and this guy. And, and, and they think they're, they're good. You're not good. You're off the path. So if you're one across these people, well, I'll get to that and I'll save that until I get down there how to deal with these kind of people. But we're supposed to uh, correctly explain the word of truth, avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godly, godless behavior. Doesn't do any good. You can't argue people into heaven. Tried that too, that doesn't work. 
<laughs> if God's not, not pulling them in, they're not going to come. But it's our job to sow the seeds, right? You know, and really, that's all we have to do. It's not up to us who makes it or who doesn't anyway. You know, you, that old saying, there's going to be people you never thought would be there. You never guessed that they were Christian. They might have just lived a nice, quiet life. Then again, there's people you probably thought were the biggest Christian leaders ever that probably won't be there. I hate to say that too, but it's going to happen. I'm not judge and jury. God is, right? So this tells us to be a good worker, be a proved worker. We don't have to work for our salvation. We get to, right? I kind of like the position you're in, David, with, with all these guys you get to see. That's a great fishing hole. You know, you're on the job site. You get to do that. That's being a good worker. That's an approved worker. God's probably going, that's my boy. So thumbs up, man. Keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dog. You can do it. This kind of talk spreads like cancer. As in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred in, in this way, that they have turned some people away from their faith. You know, sometimes this godless chatter and things like that, that can shipwreck somebody's faith. You know, and we have to be very careful. You don't have to be on eggshells, but you do need to know the truth and you need to make sure that what you're saying is true, that you don't shipwreck somebody's faith. I remember hearing years ago when I was first a Christian, the classic, somebody's child died, and you'd hear the story that they said, well, you didn't have enough faith, because if you had enough faith, your child would have lived. What? Why would they even say something like that? Maybe they believe that was true, but guess what? That person's shipwrecked now. They don't want to have anything to do with the church, you know? And you hear so many stories of people who might have heard something that was untrue, the godless chatter and the gossip that gets around, shipwrecks people. A lot of people's faith are very, very weak. Very weak. So it's our job to try to help them strengthen their faith and to rely on God in all these situations. This is training, just like the soldiers. We train and we train and we train and we train. When the storm comes, we can handle it, right? When the bigger storms come, we can handle it. When your world is spinning upside down, you can handle it. You're anchored to Christ. But I can guarantee this, if you're not in the Word or you're not in fellowship, you're toast. It's that simple. You're going to go back to what you believe and try to handle it yourself. Just like Annette said, you give it to God and then you take it right back. That's what we're going to A lot of people live their faith that way too. They don't trust God. They... they tr they try to do it on their own all the way up till they can't do it anymore. And then they ask God to help them out. He does, and then they take off again. I think that's kind of working it out. I mean, we all go through that as, as, as newer Christians. That's okay, but just the main thing is to learn. To learn what the Word of God says and to trust Him. Trust Him He's going to get you through this. So many times, I don't know, sometimes in ministry it's discouraging when you see God about to break through for somebody and then they totally do something dumb to shipwreck it. We've seen it time and time again. It's like, if you would just let God, you've been praying, let God work it out and not take the reins. 
we take the reins, you get what you get when that happens. And sometimes you have to go all the way around that same mountain again to get to where you are right now. And who knows how many years that's going to be. And we always said one of our favorite things, if we could shave some years off, you guys, desert time, that's, that's a plus for us. Because <laughs> I know my, my own walk, I've had some desert times where I'm just loosely hanging on, maybe go to church once a month, you know, stuff like that. Early, the early time when you're working it out before I realized how important it is to stay connected to the vine all the time. Because we're inundated, uh, the billboards, the radio, the TV. If you don't know what's true, you're going to be pulled away. Guarantee it. Just like I said earlier, I find myself drifting sometimes. And I'm like, what am I doing? I know what I'm doing. What? It's that easy. Nobody has this thing figured out. You know, we could all be shipwrecked before it's our time to meet Jesus. But guess what? We're going to be accountable for what kind of soldiers we were. Not that you're doing it to be super soldier or anything like that, but he's going to ask you, well, what'd you do with the talents that I gave you? Did you bury them and just ride somebody else's coattails? Did you risk it just a little bit? Just a little bit step out of your comfort zone? Just a little bit. And I can tell you from experience on that, when you step out, God will meet you there. He will. If you have, let's say, the brass to do it, guess what? He's going to meet, he's going to meet you. Even if it is just walking up to somebody at Walmart, if you have enough courage to go there, he's going to meet you right there. He's going to give you the words to say. I guarantee it. If you trust him, pray for that person. Pray what you're going to say. God, is this a God moment? Wake me up if it is. <laughs> we, we, get the, we meet so many people on our job, which is totally awesome. I, it's, it's, it's very cool how we meet from one end of the scale to the other. And, and it's a great opportunity to witness as well as learn about other people too. From, from, from the higher ups to the lower, it doesn't matter. God loves all of them, right? And it's our job to share. So if we could just sprinkle a little seed that way and let God do it. Being a good worker, an approved worker. We all want to hear job well done, right? My faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. We want the largest attaboy we could possibly get. A lifetime attaboy. It's like, you know what, you're a knucklehead, but I love you, man. And God just pulls you in there, maybe give you a head rub or something. It's going to be great. I, I know I don't want to be there with my, I probably will because he's so holy anyway with my head down anyway, because I just can't imagine what it's going to be like seeing him face to face. Like I said, we got to give that account. But I want to have something good to say, Jesus, I tried. Wasn't the best, but I tried, you know. So as long as we try, I guarantee he'll bless you just for trying. So be an approved worker. And watch what you say and how you say it. Okay, where were they, 10? Or 19, I'm sorry. Uh, but God's truth stands firm. Like a foundation, a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. And that's everything, man. That, that's everything. Everything in your life. If, it, if it's trashy TV or trashy radio, whatever, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And that, even that takes a while, too, because you're kind of, over time, you're kind of addicted to it. Some of the shows you watch may not be that great, but if you cut them, God will bring something good in your life. 
He'll backfill it with the good stuff. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are made for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you in every good work. I think God honors us trying. He knows we're not perfect, but if we try, he honors what we're trying to do. Like I said, he'll meet you there. And if we clean up our act to be more honorable, like you said at group, that, that was awesome, by the way, at group. You want to be clean for your family and everything else, and you want to show we're a witness to our family of what God can do, right? So when they look at you and go, wow, you're different, or how you handle things, that's a big one. And I know we all work that stuff out because it gets very trying at times. I know that from experience too. That how we react or what we say would prove that we're one of God's children. Just the opposite if you're belligerent and all this other stuff. Not saying that doesn't happen, but we try to work on that. God will, God will help tame the tongue, you know? But it takes practice. You gotta train for it. We train like soldiers, right? You know, soldiers, when they train, they train to be a unit, right? They send the whole unit out when they do something. So we're the whole unit. This gathering right here is a whole unit. Danny always says, get more units in here. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> but we're a unit for Christ. We are the God's soldiers right here in Warrington, right here in this spot. We're the soldiers that God has chosen. Amen? Amen. So when we go out into the public and we share a little bit, we can bring in more people. God will lead them here. And hopefully we can teach them, train them too, to pass it on. Pass it on to your friends. You tell your friends what God did for you. It just goes on and on. It's like the telephone thing. Except it's truth. <laughs> That's the thing. It doesn't get all the way over there and we're all Buddhists or something. It's not like that. It's the truth. But you know what's funny? When I, when Randy and I got saved, if you guys don't know, back in 1993. And it was only about six weeks apart. But we were driving around one time and said, well, we cannot believe with the history of Jesus why it's the best kept secret. Why, is, why doesn't everybody know so we could all choose other than it's like the best kept secret? Why would we put the cure for cancer in our back pocket and not tell anybody? Why would we not tell them about Jesus that could save your soul? Right? So don't be shy. Just do it. Do it. You can do it. We want to be good. We want to, we want to be used. We want to be for honorable use. Verse 22 says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. You know, when you run away from something or a uh, confrontation, they think you're a coward, right? Because you're running away from the situation. But you know what? Sometimes that's the best thing that can happen. That would take a lot of courage sometimes when you're in a bad situation, just leave. That's the best, best thing. Get away from it. If you're with some friends that may be doing some things that are a little bit shady, just leave, right? You don't want to be around their drug use. You don't want to be around anything that they're doing. Leave. Just get out. Don't, don't be part of it. 
says stay away from things that are evil. Run. Run from anything that's, that does that, where it's pornography or any of that stuff. Get rid of it. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithful, faithfulness, love, and peace. Well, how are you going to pursue righteous living? By the Word of God. You're going to come to church. You're going to learn. You're going to read. You're going to sing and praise God. You know, worship, worship is awesome. It opens your heart, opens your soul to, to the Word, to, to some of this other stuff. If you, and that's a learned thing, too, because I remember when you first go into worship, you know, you're just kind of standing there. You don't know the songs. You don't know if you should sing or not sing. Sing. Sing, to, just like the song was saying, sing. This is the song I sing to Jesus, right? Why wouldn't we for what he did for us? Even if we can't sing, do it anyway. Sing for God. Make a cheerful noise. I've heard some of you, and it's not that. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Come on. <laughs> so pursue righteous living and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Fellowship. You hear us say that a lot. Hanging out with guys. What's cool about our church, we all came out of the party world. And that's what I like about our church. It's always like, last one, just turn the lights off when you go home. Because I know some people hang out here a long time. Long time. And even at the other church, it would be 10 30, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, whatever. Just turn the lights off and lock the door when you leave. I think it's great that people want to hang out, yeah. right? And we love hanging out. We love the, 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 the fellowship with each other. And that's, you know, that's how you can say, hey, man, I'm, I, I, you know something you said? I'm struggling with this. You can share with your friends. How are you dealing with it? How are you dealing with it? How, you mentioned your friend is uh, in trouble or whatever. Can I help? You know, stuff like that. Okay. So enjoy the companionship. Again, I say, do not get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. That does no good to engage in arguments like that. You're better off to just say, you know what, let's just go to our mutual corners and we'll deal with it later. It doesn't do any good, especially if somebody's under the influence which in this ministry, a lot of times we meet new people that are under the influence. And we've had to deal with them like that, where they get argumentative. It's like, hey, man, I'm not even going to engage in that, okay? Doesn't do anybody any good. So don't get involved in that. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Come on, man, right? That's funny because our, our word was patient on Wednesday's group. And it was funny because a lot of people had the same thing. We just are not patient. And we're all learning to be more patient, right? But God's word says right there, be patient. Be kind to one another. If we could all just do a couple of things like that, this world would be so much better. So take a deep breath. Be kind, be patient. Look what it says after that. It says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. So if we're going to argue against them, chances are we're going to run them off. But 
if we're kind and we're patient, let's God do the work. And they, they, may, they may go, you know what? I was expecting a fight, but you didn't give me one. So you guys are all right. Let's see. You know, you know when you come to a group of campfire, like let's say you're camping and the neighbors are having a fire and you walk up. You know, you kind of walk up, but you're still a little bit distant until they kind of welcome you in. It's kind of how it is with, with God when you're first coming. You know, you're like, I want to warm by the fire, but I just don't know. Just come in. Come on in. Come on in. Get warm by the fire, right? Then they will come to their senses. Yay, yeah, and escape from the devil's trap. For they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You know, a lot of people don't even know they're an enemy of God. They think they're good people, which most of them are. They just don't know the truth. You know? I remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm an enemy of God? I was like, well, if you don't know him, you're the enemy. You're either with him or against him. And it's kind of hard to understand sometimes. I'm like, ah, what? But that's the truth. That's what it says here. And just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's untrue. Right? So we can't, we have to know what we, we have to learn to know what the truth is and stand on the truth. And don't be swayed by some of these new teachings that are coming out and things like that or some of these preachers that just want to tickle your ears. You know, you can do this, you can do that, or, or uh, you know, send a check for millions and God will bless you like you can't believe. Come on, man. How does that work in, like, Africa? <laughs> Why are they still poor? You know, that kind of teaching is not right. That's false teaching. But they're going to have to stand before the Lord and make an account for what they've done. They've led people astray. And I don't want to do that. And I know Randy doesn't want to do that. I know nobody in here wants to lead anybody astray. Amen? I want to read this thing. Uh, I found this illustration thing, if I can find it here real quick, about a soldier. I thought I'd share it with you. It's called uh, Calling in Support. It says, Soldiers on the ground can call in air support in times of need. To do this, they just simply get on their radio, make the request, they give the coordinates, and if everything checks out at headquarters, supplies will soon be parachuted in and the bombs dropped to remove the obstacles. Christian soldiers on earth can call for heavenly support in times of need. We simply get on our radio, prayer, make our request, and give the coordinates. If everything checks out at HQ, God in heaven, he sanctions our request. Provision will soon be provided and the obstacles will be removed. We must have faith in our prayers. They are heard and they do get answered. The answers are seldom in the manner and timing that we desire. But when we truly trust that God knows best, even if we receive a no to our prayer request, we are assured that God is working all things for the good. Romans 8, 828. If we are steadfast, even when it seems we lose battle after battle, we can be confident that the war will be won and God will be glorified through our life. The scripture that goes with that is in Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Right? So if we have some things in our lives that we need help, Ask God. 
like you said earlier in your meditation. I couldn't believe he was talking about that. I was like, let it be known and let it be specifically known what you're praying for. God hears our prayers, and in due time, they will be answered. Sometimes we have to wait. You've heard us say it before. Some, I, I personally have prayers that are probably 25, 26, 27 years, but I haven't given up. I put it on pause for a while, i got to be honest, but I keep praying, and I know, I, I know he hears me. I'm, I'm going to start getting that, come on, Lord, come on. Come on, man, I need your help. But I know someday it's going to come through. So, be a good soldier and be an approved worker. That's what we want to be, amen? And that's about all I have for tonight, guys. So thank you for listening. Uh, we've already done the announcements. You guys hungry? Yeah. Woohoo! That wasn't too long, was it? Nah. Let me pray real quick and then we can eat. How about that? All right, Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We just thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives, God. And thank you for letting us be able to approach you, God, with our troubles and that you will help us, God. So we just thank you. We thank you for the food that we're about to receive and let us enjoy the fellowship too, Lord God. We just, we need that. We just thank you, Jesus. It's in your mighty name I pray, amen.